Alright, we're good to go. Okay. Oh. Alright, so I want us to start here in the uh, in Psalms and uh, right here at Psalm 34. This one so happens to have been written by uh, by uh, by David. Oh, but anyway, the Psalms. Remember, there's there's only 150 of them, and a majority of them are written by David. David was what he was a king. Um, and if you think about the Bible being laid out, and it is, this is totally chronological here. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. These things from Exodus all the way down to Deuteronomy right here is a time slice from when they came out from under Pharaoh. I mean, that's the, that's the Exodus. That's when they got out. And then they built the tabernacle all the way down to Deuteronomy. This is Moses right here. That's the end of it. And, uh, oh, and the Joshua historic book, Judges historic book, Ruth historic book, history, history, kings. Of course that's history. And they're first and second. They're in chronological order with all these cool stories in there. Anyway, first kings, it's actually the second king in that list, is this guy. And look what he says. So here we go. He says, I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I'm just going to praise the Lord. Oh, somebody's going to blow my head off. No, uh-uh. You're praising the Lord because you're not going to get your head blown off. I will constantly speak of his glories and grace. I will boast of his kindness to, look how selfish this is, to me. But see, that's where we blow it. If we don't get our God going on in our own life, it's going to be hard for me to tell somebody about how great he is. But watch David the king do it here. Now remember, this is the little guy that went, he just killed Goliath. And when he killed Goliath, remember he was after, and this is in 1 Samuel 17, before he killed Goliath, he told the guys around in the camp, because it was Israelites against the Canaanites, he said, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to the guy that kills this guy? And the guy said, well, the king said, your daddy's not going to pay no taxes anymore. And guess what? How old are you? You may not be old enough, but guess what? You're going to get his daughter, Michael, as your wife. You're going to get, his, you're going to get the daughter. And David's like, well, all right then. I mean, he was ready to go. He was so fired up, everybody heard what David was saying. David said, I'll get rid of this stupid giant. And he didn't say, well, I have the power of the Lord on me. This is the power of the Lord. He didn't say there was anything magical about this. He said, I will praise the Lord no matter what. I don't care if Goliath and ten of his brothers show up. I'll just carry ten stones. I'm going to get this guy. You know. And notice what he says. Uh, I will boast of his kindness to me. Well, can you count on that? Well, David expected it. Let all those who are discouraged take heart. Now, that got us all right there. Because he said, anybody who's discouraged, what gets my attention? Because I get discouraged pretty quick. He's <laughs> driving along, get a phone call. <gasps> oh, hmm. okay. All right, hey, thanks, bye. And I'm going, oh, how am I going to deal with that? Wait a minute. He said, I'm going to praise the Lord. Now, why am I going to praise the Lord? Because God thinks it's fun. He thinks it's cute. No, I'm praising the Lord because of this. Let all those who are discouraged take heart. Let us praise the Lord together and exalt his name. For I cried to him. Boy, this is the critical part. And he answered me. I've found in my own life various times, even within the last week, the last month, last year, any time, whatever, there are times I just sit there and I just take it. And I'm like, wait a minute, I need to pray. I need to ask God to get me out. So he says, I cried to him and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. God, that's okay, he's fine. Just leave him alone. He'll quit. I'm glad he's having a good time. There's two of them up there. 
Oh, well, no one. They were doing that a couple weeks ago. Well, when I had to babysit for, for them. Yeah, but anyway, others were, were, look at this. Others too, this is what those praise reports are. Others too were radiant at what he did for them. See, it's okay to know that God is going to do great things for you. I mean, all the time. Shouldn't be like once, you know, every month or something like that. The, the key is call out to him and he'll answer you. Anyway, theirs was no downcast look of rejection. This poor man cried to the Lord and the Lord heard him. Now think about that. David called himself a poor man. And if you think about where he came from, that's what happened. This poor man cried to the Lord and the Lord heard him, saved him out of all his troubles. For the angel of the Lord guards and rescues all who reverence him. Now look at this one. Oh, put God to the test and see how kind he is. But see, we've heard a lot of messages about don't you dare test God. Or I don't want to test God because I got this itch that won't go away. I don't, I don't want to ask the Lord to heal. You need to ask. That. That's not what he's referencing. If you're in trouble, go to him. Matter of fact, in the book of Exodus here, and then we're going to go pull a story out here about David, since David wasn't wrote, wrote this, and we'll see. In the book of Exodus here, oh, let's see, 25, they start building. Uh, tell the people, if anybody wants to, bring an offering. Here's the list. Bring all these things, because they were fixing to put together this tabernacle. Notice this. I want the people of Israel to make me a sacred temple where I can live among them. This home of mine shall be a pavilion. I'll give, it, I'll give you the, uh, the dimensions and all the size. Well, he did. But anyway, the reason for this thing was it was so that the people could come out there to where he was. If you had trouble, whatever it was, go to him. For instance, let's watch what one woman, one woman did. This is, it's called the book of uh, 1 Samuel because this was her mother. Look what she did. Oh, let me collapse this list right here. The story of Elkanah, we'll just call him Ed, a man of the tribe of Ephraim who lived in uh, just Boaz, whatever, Gunnersville, Athens, whatever. His father's name was this. His grandfather was this. Of course, this is lies. This, nobody, this was not lies. This was his genealogy. This guy really lived. He had two wives, okay, uh, Hannah and Penaniah, okay. Penaniah had some children. Hannah didn't. Well, if you were Hannah, that would bug the crap out of you. Man, ugh. I don't have any kids. Each year, we'll call him Ed, Elk, whatever, and his families, they journeyed to the tabernacle at Shiloh. What for? To worship the Lord of the heavens and to sacrifice to him. Now again, why would you do that? Well, why did David say you do that? Man, God is just God. He will help you. Anyway, the priests were on duty at that time, and, and I tell you, these guys here were losers. They were very sinful. They were. On the day he presented his sacrifice, Elkin would celebrate the happy occasion. Well, remember, church is a sad thing. Well, church around here ain't sad. We got Krispy Kreme donuts. We're doing it right. You know, we're, we're having a good time. I hope you don't come here because you feel like you have to be somber. Are you kidding? No. Anyway, it was to celebrate the happy occasion by giving presents. Hello, that's what Christmas is. Okay. Anyway, but remember, Penny, we'll call her, she had a lot of kids. Uh, but he loved Hannah much more. Uh, but he only gave her one present, for the Lord had sealed her womb. Well, okay, it looked like she couldn't have kids and whatever, but notice what she does. So she had no children to give presents to. Uh, anyway, Penaya or Penny made things worse. She taunted her. I have kids and you don't. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, man. Every year, same thing. Over and over, Penny was scoffing and laughing at her. This is First Samuel chapter 1. Anyway, knows what happened. So anyway, boy, now uh, Hannah making her cry so she couldn't eat. What's the matter, Hannah? Her husband said. 
Why aren't you eating? Why making such a fuss over not having kids? Isn't it better to have me than ten sons? How many, how many people says, well, you know, maybe your wishes didn't come through. You didn't get that car. You didn't get that house. You didn't get this. Maybe it's God's will. Throw that out the window. Get rid of that thinking. Go to the Lord and ask him. Notice she didn't even listen to her husband. Oh, better do what your husband says do. Aren't I better than having all these kids? Just uh, Her heart was still broke. One evening after supper, they were at Shiloh. Hannah went over to the tabernacle. What's she doing there? Now, Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place at the entrance. Okay, he's a high priest. He's sitting there. He sees this woman. Well, anyway, she was in deep what? She was in deep sorrow. Matter of fact, he thinks she's drunk because she's crying so bad. She was in anguish and crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. Well, you know, that's useless. Don't bother the Lord. Oh, yes, bother the Lord. Absolutely. She made this vow, O Lord of heaven, if you will look down upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I'll give him back to you and he'll be yours for his entire lifetime and his hair shall never be cut. What's funny is when this little rascal got to be about three or four years old, that's exactly what happened. She sent him back there and said goodbye. Of course, every year she brought him a new royal robe. She made a robe like based on what she knew these books. The way they built these robes for the priests and stuff made him a little effort, whatever, like a choir robe thing, you know. But anyway, so Eli noticed her mouth moving as she was praying silently and heard no sound and thought she had been drinking. Well, dear God, we don't have no drinking, you know. Oh, oh. Notice what he says. Must you come here drunk? He demanded, throw away your bottle. Oh, no, sir. She replied, I'm not a drunk, but I'm very sad and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Please don't think that I'm some drunk bum. Now watch what Eli says and see if you find in there where he had a message from the Lord. Wait, wait, wait. I think I, I'm getting a message. Wait a minute. Wait. All of a sudden, heaven's, heaven's, heaven, oh, there's a plan here. Yeah, it's been destined. No, it's not. She asked, and look, she got it. Notice Eli. And Eli had the worst sons in the world on staff. So what does he say? In that case, Eli said, cheer up. What? May the Lord of Israel grant your petition Whatever it is, excuse me, Eli, we don't want to offend the Muslims. We don't want to offend teenagers in the USA. We don't want to offend older people. We, don't you dare say that. Oh, yes, say that. Jesus said, oh, he said, in, oh, he said if we speed up just a second, oh, to the, uh, we'll come right back, but watch this. Look what he says, and we'll just take Mark. If you go to 11 and go down here to uh, uh, 24. Look at that. Listen to me. This is Jesus. You can pray for anything. And if you believe, look at this. If you believe you have it, it's yours. Now I tell you, that's the hard part. Because a lot of times we think, eh, God don't, you know. I mean, Lord, hey, I didn't mean to bother you. Talk to you later. You can't do that. You got to stand there and go, okay. Well, Jesus said this would work. And I'm asking you, I need some help here. And I'm just going to believe I get it. And I just want to thank you for it. And watch what happens. You're going to get it. Wow. Now, that's just one place. And off the top of my head, it's because I'm a preacher. No, it's not. It's because I use these things. Look at this one. There's one in 14 and 15 and 16. There's actually four in here. But 14, look at this. 14 verse. It's easy to find. Oh, oh, look at this. You can ask him for anything in my name and I will do it. Wow. Look at 14. He repeats it. Yes, ask anything in my name and I will do it. 15th chapter. Look at verse 7. He says, 
if you stay in me, now he's talking about wanting to get out and go back and act like you just know Moses and want to deny Jesus. We're not doing that. If you stay in me and obey my command, you may ask any request you like and it will be granted. Oh my goodness. He says it again down here in this same chapter again. Let's see. Oh, I passed it. Oh. Yeah, right there. So no matter what you ask for the, in the Father, from the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. That's, now, here it is at 16. Same thing Hannah did. Let's see, it's 24 and 25. Yeah, he says, at that day, you won't need to ask me for anything. For you can go directly to the Father like Hannah did and ask him, and he'll give you what you ask for because you use my name. You haven't tried this before. Hello, I know, and even today, sometimes I'll just wait and wait and waste time until I finally go, you know what? I need the Lord to help me. Ask using my name and you will receive and your cup of joy will overflow. My goodness. Okay. So anyway, so what did this Hannah do? So here she is. She's right here. And so she's crying. And notice what, notice what she did. He says, cheer up. Now, let's just see if she cheers up. Now remember, nothing's happened. May the Lord God, of, the Lord of Israel grant you your petition. Now she knows this is the high priest. And he said, cheer up. Lord grant it to you, whatever it is. Oh, thank you, sir. She exclaimed, and she went happily. Now, what happened to those tears? She was convinced, and she began to take her meals again. The entire family was up early the next morning. She's all happy. And I tell you what, you find out next that she gets pregnant. With who? Samuel. And that's what that book's called, Samuel. And before I close this book right here, uh, in the process of time, a baby boy was born. She named him Samuel. We'll just call him Sam because that's where we get that word from. Guess what that means? Asked of God. Now, how many people have ever had a friend? I've never had a friend, mine, friend of mine in high elementary. His name was Sam Sato. <laughs> now I know that Sam, that word means asked of God. And it was not a one-time deal. Can you imagine if this was a one-time deal? We don't need to know the details. No, we need to know the details. I need a Sammy. What do you mean a Sammy? I need to ask of God. I need to ask God for something, whatever. All right, so that's what happened there. That's Samuel. Now, Samuel goes on here, and he becomes, uh, he becomes, uh, of course, here's Hannah's response. She's like, I cannot, this is so fantastic. You know, the Lord, he, he solved my problems. Oh, how I rejoice. Notice we have the details, all this great thing. Anyway, uh, chapter 3, meanwhile, little Samuel was helping the Lord. This is a fantastic story. I'm not going to read that. But anyway, it, notice he's called little Samuel because she did. She gave him to the Lord. Oh, I don't think, I, I think uh, I passed something here. Oh, it's in chapter 1. Uh, excuse me. First Samuel chapter 1. So she got that son, but guess what else happened? Right here at the end. Oh, Oh, let's see, uh, she stayed at home, oh, let's see, uh, but anyway, it's right here in the first or second chapter here, but anyway, um, she, she, she brought him back and she gave him to the Lord, and of course, Eli took him, you know, okay, so this little kid's, now you got a little kindergartner or whatever at the, at, the, at the tabernacle there. But what I was looking for here in the second chapter, I think it's right here. Uh, she wound up uh, uh, she wound up having about uh, uh, eight more kids. 
That's right. And which is, I mean, my goodness, she gave uh, Samuel to the Lord and then uh, and she asked for a child. She had no kids. And now she's uh, noticed it solved my problem. How I rejoice. OK, 13th chapter, 14th chapter, 15th chapter, on and on and on. And all of a sudden you get over here to the 17th chapter. And now you've got this is Goliath. Oh, my goodness. Goliath is out there. Now, remember, we started looking at Psalm 34. I called upon the Lord, you know, and, uh, and he saved me out of my troubles. So here's David against Goliath. Well, we know that story. We already know it. I'm going to skip ahead to another story because since David kept writing about this, let's see what he's got to say. Oh, let me jump ahead here. Oh, uh, let's see. Okay. Oh, oh. Okay, it's the 23rd chapter of 1 Samuel. Let me skip on down here to 30th chapter. Let's go to 28th. Uh, I should have looked this, but I'll find it in a second. Let's go 27. Yeah, here we go. Oh. Um. Oh, let's see here. Now this this whole section is all all about David getting free. Oh, from uh, from Saul. But anyway, let's just pick up here in, in the twenty sixth chapter. Now this is this before uh, King Saul. The first king is after who's fixing to be king, David. Samuel already, everybody already knew David was fixing to be king. Well, the other king is jealous. David's been on the run. He had been playing the harp for the first king, Saul, and Saul would get so mad he'd grab his spear and throw it at David and it would miss him. He was trying to pin him to the wall. And what's so funny was, I mean, this hatred toward David, uh, David... You know, he would have times he was thinking they're eventually going to get me, but he knew the Lord was going to protect him. But watch this little slice here in the 26th chapter. Now the men from Ziph, or the men from Arab, they came back to Saul at whatever, at, you know, Birmingham, to tell him that David had returned to the wilderness and was hiding on Halaka Hill. Okay, he's on top of Brindley Mountain. Okay, great. Saul took his elite corps of 3,000 troops and went to hunt him down. 3,000 are after David only had 600, you know. Anyway, Saul camped along the road at the edge of the wilderness where David was hiding. But David knew of Saul's arrival and sent out spies to watch his movement. Okay, so now you know David sees him. He's an okay, watch it, guys. There's 3,000 men down there. Okay. Now look at this. David slipped over to Saul's camp one night to look around. David, you fool. <laughs> no, David knew he was going to be all right. Saul, King Saul and General Abner were sleeping inside a ring formed by the slumbering soldiers. Any volunteers to go down there with me? David asked. Well, boy, I tell you, these guys jumped up and they said, man, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Anyway, I'll go with you, Abishai replied. So David and Abishai went to Saul's camp and found him asleep with his spear in the ground beside his head. Anyway, Abishai said this. He said, hey, God's put your enemy within your power this time for sure. He whispered to David, let me go and put that spear through him. I'll pin him to the earth with it. I'll not need to strike him a second time. Well, remember, David loved he loved Saul. Saul was just out of his mind. David also loved Saul's son, Jonathan. They were, boy, they were just blood brothers. 
No, David said, don't kill him. For who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's chosen king? Surely God will strike him down someday, or he will die in the battle or of old age. But God forbid that I should kill the man that is chosen to be king. But I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take his spear and his jug of water and get out of here. So he took his nine millimeter. He took his nine millimeter and his bulletproof vest. Anyway, all his goodies he had, his class ring, whatever. I'm telling you. So David took the spear and jug of water, and they got away without anyone even seeing them or waking up. Now, what's the matter here? Did they all have some sort of, you know, uh, did they eat something before? No. The only reason they pulled this off was the Lord's on your side. So here comes the good part. David took the spear and the jug of water. They got away without anyone even seeing or waking them up because the Lord had put them sound asleep. They climbed the mountain slope opposite the camp a distance. So they're looking out across the little valley there that they can still see them. And so when they, so here's what happened. David shouted in the early morning uh, to Abner and Saul, Wake up, Abner! Now Abner is actually Saul's uncle. Okay. Who is it? Abner demanded. Oh, brother. Remember, they want to kill David. And now look what David says. Well, Abner, you're a great fellow. Now remember, he's supposed to be General Patton. This is General Patton, Abner. Well, General Abner, you're a great fellow, aren't you, David taunted. Where in all Israel is there anyone as wonderful? So why haven't you guarded your master, the king, when somebody came to kill him? This isn't good at all. I swear by the Lord that you ought to die for your carelessness. Where is the king's spear and jug of water? David's standing there holding it. Well, of course, Abner knew Saul with his nephew. <clears throat> And look, notice what he says. Look and see. Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is that you? Notice the words, My son, David. See, they were close. But Saul was losing it. It's because he wasn't, he wasn't asking the Lord for help. He'd go to fortune tellers. He wouldn't have anything to do with the Lord. That's what happens in our life. If we quit having something to do with Jesus, it's all going to fall apart. You know. David replied, Yes, it is. Yes, sir, it is. Why aren't you chasing me? No, he says, why are you chasing me? What have I done? What's my crime? If the Lord stirred you up against me, then let him accept my peace offering. But if this is simply a scheme of man, then may he be cursed by God. For you have driven me away from my home. I, he knows he couldn't even go back to see his dad. And David's like, what's going on? Well, anyway, what's going to happen? Well, watch what happens. And he says, you've driven me from my home so that I can't even be with the Lord's people. You have sent me away to worship heathen gods. Must I die on foreign soil and from the presence of Jehovah? Remember, they had the tabernacle there. Should the king of Israel come out and hunt my life like a partridge in the mountains? Notice what Saul says. Then Saul confessed, I have done wrong. He had 3,000 men to kill David. They had him surrounded in the chapter above. I think it's 25 or 24. They were completely surrounded. David even thought... I'm going down for the count. All of a sudden, Saul gets an email saying, hey, by the way, Jerusalem's being attacked. You may want to take your back. And they had to hightail it. And David's like, every time God gets me out of trouble, and he'll do it for you. And we're about done with this, and we're stopped. Uh, so uh, he says, Saul confessed, I've done wrong. Come back home, my son, and I'll no longer try to harm you. For you saved my life today. That's why David did that. David could have killed him. He said, I've been a fool and very, very wrong. Here is your spear, sir, David replied. Let one of your young men come over and get it. The Lord gives, gives you his reward, his own reward for doing good and for being loyal. 
and I refuse to kill you even though the Lord placed you in my power. Boy, that showed who's the better man. It was David. Now, verse 24. Now, may the Lord save my life even as I have saved yours today. May he rescue me, look at that, from all my troubles. Why do we have the details? Ooh, I don't know what you're facing or what I'm facing. Well, I do, but I'm just telling you, the Lord will do the same thing for us. And Saul said to David, Blessings on you, my son David. You shall do heroic deeds and be a great conqueror. Then David went away and Saul returned home. Now, let's go back to the psalm. So no wonder David says, You guys need to try this. This is the most greatest thing in all the world. So, Psalm 34, very easy. Uh, so he says, put God to the test. See how kind he is for yourself, uh, the way his mercy showered down on all those who trust him. If you belong to the Lord, reverence him, for everyone who does this has everything he needs. Even the strong uh, young lions go hungry, but those of us who reverence the Lord will never lack any good thing. Sons and daughters, come listen to me, and I'll teach you the importance of trusting and fearing the Lord. Now, trusting doesn't mean going to heaven only we already know that trusting is when you're in trouble ask the lord to get you out of trouble he'll get you out okay uh do you want a long good life then watch your tongue keep your lips from lying i mean that's a simple thing to be honest you know okay turn from sin and spend your time doing good try to live in peace with everyone work hard at it now look at this the eyes of the lord are intently watching all who live good lives and give attention to those when they cry to him but the Lord's made up his mind to wipe out the memory of evil men from the earth. Yes, the Lord hears the good man when he calls uh, to him for help and saves him out of all his troubles. Praise the Lord. I mean, and it goes on and on. Now, the Lord help us. Just a simple little story. And when you look at Jesus, when Jesus in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and of course all through the rest of the New Testament, that's all he was doing. I'll get you out of trouble. I'll help you. I'm guarantee your place in heaven. Father, we thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we're healed. If we're not feeling good today, you'll take care of that no matter what it is or if it's something we don't know is out there uh, trying to stir up in our life, maybe cancer or something like that. Praise the Lord. You'll fix every bit of that for us. Same thing's true no matter what level of finances we're having trouble with. You'll get us out of that trouble. Praise the Lord. Or if it's something that's not related to money or, or, um, or health or anything, it's just other problems we have in this world. Lord, I just thank you. You'll get us out of all those too. And I didn't leave anything left but for us to write down things that you did for us and tell others about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, all right. Hallelujah.